When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Indie is a term that you've probably heard used in a commercial sense a lot in the last five to ten years. There's a few meanings, a few definitions. Wikipedia says short form of independence or independent and uh, made by artists independent of commercial establishment. Urban Dictionary calls it an obscure form of rock, which you can only learn about from someone slightly more hip than yourself. <laughs> That's more the more colloquial understanding of the term indie. And it's all those things, I guess. Maybe I'm alone here, but there's nothing obscure about indie music anymore. So-called, quote, indie bands are an easier sell than a lot of genres of music. And look at the success of Way Home Festival, for example. Its potential has been tapped. The revenue stream has been found. Billy Talent sang in a song, It's a counterculture you can buy off the shelf. Indie has become a brand, like Nike, where bands are now defined by a sound instead of a spirit. You're no longer an indie band if you're an independent. You're an indie band if you sound like the other bands who have had that label bestowed upon them. Now, it's up to you to decide if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but surely you know it's inevitable. It's what happens. It's not the first time or the last time. I had the chance to speak with Virginia Clark. She's the director of the Wolf Island Music Festival, which unfortunately had to cancel their 2016 event due to a disastrous year in 2015, which, as you will hear, was completely out of her control or anybody's control. And when you hold an independent music festival on a small island... Well, you're subject, you're subject to the government's infrastructure to bring people to that event. We'll uh, air that here on the podcast in just a few, although if you listen to me on K-Rock in Kingston, you might have caught that chat also. I probed Virginia a bit on whether or not she thought there was a bit of a, a war being waged on the creative class of Kingston. First, the only independent coffee shop in downtown Kingston, the Sleepless Goat, had to close its doors after a long-established run. Well, uh, there's a brand new Balzac's opening down two blocks away and another place called Crave that opened up down the street. That coupled with, uh, with the Wolf Island Music Festival having to uh, close down for 2016. Uh, I don't think she felt that way, but she definitely lamented the closing of the Sleepless Goat. I feel that way, though. I feel that, that it trickles down to all facets of the independent community, whether it's coffee or music, arts, festivals like maybe to some degree that the nike brand of indie is becoming so popular that it's literally crushing the true independence it looks indie it smells indie but is it those lines are are further and further blurred i think nobody has the time to read the packaging just an observation about how things are changing And there's no doubt that the rate of social change we sustain nowadays is baffling. Parents never understand their kids. There's always a generational gap. But I think that if things pummel along at this rate, 
We won't understand our younger siblings by the time we graduate high school. I mean, I had to get an 18-year-old to show me how to use Snapchat, for God's sake. And did you know, and I can't believe I'm, I'm admitting to this nerdy fact, that when I was in the 6th and 7th grade, I built computers. I built them from scratch. I was a whiz kid on the computer. I never thought that there would be a day where I'd have to ask someone younger than me to help learn a piece of technology or a piece of software. I had a bit of a misadventure with Snapchat also recently. That story will be highlighted on the next podcast episode. That was Kingston Band, Listen Up Kid. Um, and we, uh, we talked about a lot of funny stuff. Snapchat, our experience, good and bad, about doing salvia. Uh, plus, they're going to be performing the new single here in the green room on that episode. And they'll be at uh, Canadian Music Week in Toronto. We've talked about this already. At the Hideout on Queen West, Wednesday, May the 4th. Shit happens at the Hideout. That's what I heard anyways. I've yet to check it out or check it off my checklist of things to do in Toronto. I was at the Bovine with the Motor League a few weeks back, however. Um, that was a great time. And they have an episode also coming up here on the podcast. It's in the queue after Listen Up Kid. And now time for my chat with Virginia Clark. She's the director of the Wolf Island Music Festival and also works heavily with the grad club in Kingston over on Queen's campus booking shows all the time. Here's our chat just days after the announcement that the festival would not be running for 2016. Uh, sad news this week, Virginia, that the uh, the festival has been postponed for a year. I, I guess, is it safe to say that last year was the, the worst record uh, for attendance or was the least successful uh, festival? Well, actually, it was it was successful as far as the event itself. Um, we had rave national reviews of the event through music critics and stuff. Um, so it was a success on that end, and everyone that came to it really enjoyed it. So the thing that was hard was just getting the attendance because of the ferry interruption. And anyone that lived on Wolf Island lives on Wolf Island can uh, attest to that. It, it was very difficult. And knowing that there were going to be delays with the Wolf Island Ferry Service, like if knowing what you know now, how long it got delayed, uh, would you have still gone ahead with the last year's festival? No, I, I definitely would have taken the year off. Like if I had known that we weren't going to have the ferry, um, yeah, definitely would have. That would have been the year to take off, obviously. Yeah. But I had been misguided and was told that it was going to be coming in. <laughs> you and the whole island. Yeah. So unfortunately, you know, after you get the ball rolling and then you're kind of like, oh, by the way, there isn't going to be a ferry. And then, it, you know, right. And you just have to do the best you can. We, we, we tried with a ferry express boat and it, it just put a lot of people off. Just I know a lot of people that tried to come over with a ferry and it was just, not, you know, it's a smaller it was a smaller boat and it was in a different location. And it just really, really hit us hard. So. And then yeah. also you mentioned in the Facebook announcement a couple of days ago that that the other festivals uh you you felt there was you know more competition going on. Yeah, there's an overabundance of festivals. It's it's really changed. The large festivals um have really changed sort of like compared to what we had 18 years ago and how we started out as like alternative music uh, festival and that's what we want to stick to but there are a lot of more corporate festivals out there that have sort of changed things, and uh, yeah, it, it makes an impact on all, all the on the smaller ones. I know that for sure. What could have been the lineup 
uh, this year. If you had gone ahead, do you have any any reveals that you could give us? What, no, what, what I potential? Don't. I really, I really didn't start game. I know I was supposed to start right before, but I was just just concerned about dealing with last year, and I, I that was what made it basically. Is like I can't move forward. I can't even think about any new artists right now because I just need to deal with last year. Right. You know, and so, and that's just the creative process too. Booking, you know, you, you you're always thinking ahead, and I just couldn't do that, and it's the first time in 18 years or whatever, you know. Right. So <laughs> that's a big deal. 18 years we did it. Yeah. So 18 years. This well, this summer would have been 18 years, right? Yeah, that's right. 17, yeah. Yes. So all those years of doing this festival, uh, there have been some highlights. There have been some lowlights. Have there been any other years where you've come close to uh, saying, "No, no, let's pack it in this year"? No, actually. This will be the first. No. Yeah, the ferry. Like, yeah, this is the first time the ferry's never come either. So no, it's the first time in right. seventeen years. So that's a pretty good track record. Like. Uh, pretty successful and we haven't had any we had one year where there was a lot of rain but it still wasn't a low light like we still had an amazing festival that was the year sam roberts came and uh, mother nature couldn't stop the festival but yeah. the ferry service can exactly <laughs> <laughs> it has a huge impact you know it really does the gaining corporate attention to music festivals um is it What's the difference now operating independently with all the corporate interest in music festivals? Is there is there less of a margin for failure? I think so. I think you're totally right there. Um, and, you know, the thing is, is that they have sort of like a machine and like we're just sort of a genuine little festival that really likes to highlight emerging artists. And we've always been our, that's been our mandate. And we don't want to charge people like $300 a weekend to come or like a day to come to the festival. It's sort of like something that we want to have accessible to everybody that can can afford to come, not just Mm -hmm. people with a lot of money. So that's something that we want to stick to. So we just really want to work on fundraising and just getting that backbone back for us, you know, so that... Mm -hmm this can be in place. So that's what we're going to focus on this summer is just doing some awesome concert series um, in in a hall on Wolf Island and just have a really good time this summer celebrating the festival and bringing some artists in to perform. So it'll still be good. Yeah. It just won't be the festival. The so. festival with the capital T-H-E. Yeah. <laughs> uh, do you find that operating out of Kingston that in the last, I'd say in the last month, actually, there's been some bad news for the independent community. Now, first with the Wolf Island Music Festival announcement that you made a few days ago, but also the closing of the Sleepless Goat. Do you find that the independent community or the the creative class in the city of Kingston is, is struggling? Do you think there's a struggle there? I don't think it's just with the city of Kingston. I think it's uh, it's pretty much everywhere. I mean, I think it it's hard uh, when you have a lot of corporate... Uh, com- competition. It's sort of like, you know, when the Walmart moves into the neighborhood, all of the mom, pop, burger, or coffee shop, or, you know, the little stores, they shut down. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's true. It's a yeah. fact. You know, like, uh, not burger shops, but I mean, clothing, you know, the little stores, they, they usually shut down when the Walmart moves. And that's just an analogy, but it, yeah. it's still, it, it does definitely have a, a, a trickle-down effect to small businesses and small events and creative the creative process. Like, I'm not sure the exact story of the sleepless goat. I, I don't know, but I know that a lot of people are really going to miss that is a cultural part of Kingston yeah. more than just, just a cafe. 
you know, like they're really going to miss that that place. It, it was a great place. They they nurtured a lot of creativity there. So it's just it's a big miss, I think, for for Kingston to have it gone. Actually, and strangely, I think we've reached peak coffee shops in downtown Kingston because strangely, there's two yeah. new ones opening up. There's a Balzac's opening up, and then there's the Crave, who uh, which I didn't is also, even know that. Yeah, like I I don't understand how do we support all this coffee in downtown Kingston. All this corporate, all this corporate coffee in downtown Kingston. <laughs> Good question. I don't know. Like, and I know that they said. I do remember them saying that the the construction on Princess, like they'd already dealt with it the one year, which yeah. really hurt them, and then just now again, I think was the final straw. Also, so it's just a matter of like that traffic flow coming downtown. I'm sure is affecting people, and I know the city of Kingston has to do that construction. It, it's overdue, you know? Yeah. So it's just a bad circumstance, you know? Unfortunately, I guess that kind of wraps up the whole message here, right, Virginia? Infrastructure. We need infrastructure. We need ferries <laughs> and we need roads. <laughs> yeah, it helps to get people there, you know? It's going to be a loss. Yeah. Maybe too soon to look ahead, but uh, 2017, we'll file a music festival. When, when are you going to start prepping for that? It's happening, yeah. yeah. See, the thing is, we're take, just taking the year off. It's not like we're done. You know, right, people yeah. are like, what's going on? We're not done. We're just taking the year off. Um, I don't know yet. You, you should uh, touch base with me. We can, uh, you can shoot me some ideas. Oh. Uh, I'm really open for ideas. Love to collaborate. Yeah. Um, I'm excited. I'm actually really, like, with all the support that's flooded in, like, massive support um, and understanding and excited for next year, it has been so encouraging, like, incredible, like, I'm so excited. A lot of support from artists that have played previously and mm-hmm. the audience is just the love is there. So I know it's an important thing to people and I'm, you know, more than determined to make it happen next year and make it just that much more awesome. So awesome. thank you so much for uh for showing your interest in the festival. It's really appreciated. Of course, and like I say, it was one of the, the sadder notes of this past week, and, and unfortunately, the same day, there was some terrorist attacks, and then there was the Rob Ford news and everything, and I'm glad, we could, uh, glad we could touch base with you uh, one-on-one. Yeah, thank you. Hey listeners, I'm Christy. And I'm Melissa. And this is Buried Motives, where we dig deep into the details of some of the most gruesome dirtbag murderers. She said she enjoyed hurting things that can't fight back. And that is a disturbing view into the mind of a murderer. Such a dirtbag. Yeah, that's not even strong enough words. This is totally a recipe for disaster. And not to justify whatever is going to happen, but you can totally understand and see how this would be in the works. If you were only to look at what she did later on and not know any of that history, she would appear like off the wall crazy. Oh, 100%. Because we're not even close to getting to the end yet. But you can just see this pattern and all this kind of stuff developing in her, which is what we're here for. We're digging deep. Join us each Thursday as we unearth the dirt bags that live among us and the motives buried there. Hope you join us as we exhume the truth. 
Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people. He, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have faults. He had the same amount of faults as we all have. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from JeffWoodsRadio.com.